Hey gang, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're here. Just want to preface this episode with a trigger warning. Today we're talking about mental health. And this can look very different to a lot of different individuals. If you feel like you need help and someone to talk to, you can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. That is the free 24-7 crisis text line. If you need help and need to speak to somebody, again, text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741. Hey friend, welcome to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm your host, Emily Nichols. As a Whole30 certified coach, wife, busy working boy mom, and your self-care guru, I'm here to help you start putting yourself first without the guilt. Each week you'll hear motivating and practical tips on how you can create a habit of self-care through interviews with my amazing guests or quick solo episodes with me. After each episode, you'll walk away with an action plan and feel empowered to implement what you have learned into your life. So grab a cup of coffee, glass of wine, or your favorite sparkling water, and let's do this. How you doing? Are you hanging in there? Personally, I have had a rough week this week. I have felt a lot of emotions this week and just have really been in my feelings and I've been feeling a little extra anxiety and feelings of stress and overwhelm. And I know why it's causing that. Well, a couple of things. Number one, TMI, I started my period, so that doesn't help. Number two, I'm not sticking to my self-care routine. You know, I was just talking to my husband about this the other night. I would get up at 4.35 and start my self-care routine during a normal time in our lives because that was when I could fit it in and get it done. Well, I don't have to get up quite so early right now during this pandemic, so I'm choosing to rest a little bit more, but I keep sleeping in a little bit later and later, and I'm not getting everything done in my self-care routine that I know helps me feel my best, and it kind of throws off my whole day. So I'm taking a step back and really getting back to what I know is going to make me feel good. And it's waking up at a consistent time every morning, drinking my water, doing my meditation, gratitude, and prayer while my coffee gets going and I do my workout for the morning. I know that's going to make me feel good and start my day off right. Not necessarily in that order, but pretty darn close. And if you're feeling the same way, I would suggest you go back and look at what you're doing as far as your own self-care routine goes in order to keep some type of consistency. You know, it may change right now because of everything going on, but this is so important for your mental health. And I know mine has suffered this week, and that's what we're going to be talking about more this week. I've been planning out this episode all year pretty much. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. And as you know, I work for an organization called Bring Change to Mind, and I work specifically here in Indiana and our other regional managers across the United States to provide and help create these mental health awareness clubs where students are able to focus in high school on self-care and what it means to take care of your mental health because these kids are so stressed out. 
I would have never imagined having something like this when I was in high school. So I'm so excited to be able to offer this opportunity. And I have to tell you, these kids are so vulnerable and so open to speaking and sharing their feelings. And with everything going on right now, I'm really concerned that there's going to be a mental health pandemic coming because like I just mentioned, I have felt very overwhelmed this week and I'm a pretty positive, easygoing person. And if you're already suffering from some type of mental health condition, it can definitely be elevated during this time. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, you can text the word HOME to 741-741. That's the 24-7 crisis text line should you need any help. But really, today's episode, I wanted to destigmatize mental health. It is something I would have never talked about in high school or college, even right out of college. But I think everyone has their own type of mental health issues they're going through at different points in their life. And there's different severities as well. Let me share a couple of statistics with you. One in five adults experience some type of mental illness. And that could be something like depression, anxiety, um, OCD, an eating disorder, anxiety attacks, ADHD. I could go on and on. And sometimes they um, experience a couple of these symptoms at one time. Now, like I mentioned before, if you need help, I suggest you speak to a medical professional. Today's episode is just purely all advice based on what I know works for me, but also I'm bringing on a professional to give us a little bit more guidance as well. So today we are speaking with my great friend, Courtney Connell. She is a certified alcohol and drug counselor out of Georgia, and she is the curly-headed gal behind Coffee, Carrots, and Curls on Instagram. Make sure you give her a follow because she's amazing. But she's a mental health advocate, and she's a Whole30 certified coach just like me. And after hitting rock bottom with her eating disorder, Courtney realized the importance of self-care in mental and physical health. And it's not only enhanced her personal life, but also her professional career as well. So we're going to talk a little bit more with Courtney today about mental health. We'll include some resources at the end of the episode as well, should you feel like you need to seek more professional help. I've included that crisis text line a couple of times because, like I said, if you need help, reach out and speak to someone. There's so many wonderful free resources now to help you in whatever you're going through. You're not alone. There's a lot of people out in the world that care for us. And like I said, with everything going on right now, our mental health may be struggling right now, but hopefully today's episode will give you a little inspiration. So make sure you stick around to the end of the episode. I'll share my three biggest takeaways and make sure you give Courtney a follow over at Coffee, Carrots, and Curls because she has some amazing content for you and she's just so relatable and such an amazing person. So let's get into today's episode. All right, gang, thanks for tuning in to the Self-Care Isn't Selfish podcast. I'm so grateful for my guest, Courtney Connell, coming on today. She's a fellow Whole30 certified coach, a certified alcohol and drug counselor, and just a certified amazing person. So Courtney, thanks for coming on the show. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to have this conversation because I think it's so um, important. But before we get started, I ask all my guests this very first question, what does self-care mean to you? So Courtney, what does self-care mean to you? 
So over the years, I think my definition has changed so much about what self-care means, but I think with where I am in my life right now, self-care means it is taking action and setting boundaries with what keeps me full so that I can better serve other people. Um, It's what I can do to preserve my own mental and physical health without sacrificing my physical and mental health. Yes, I love that. Well, I think sometimes people, the, the lines are blurred when it comes to their boundaries and it's hard to figure those out sometimes, trial and error. Definitely hard to enforce them. So you may know what you want to set a boundary with, but enforcing it, I think, can be <laughs> very difficult. Different story. Well, tell mm-hmm. everyone a little bit about yourself, kind of where you've been and where you're going now in your story. Okay. So I am a Whole30 certified coach um, and that's kind of where my... I don't know where my personal life and my professional life crossed paths for the first time. Um, I had an eating disorder, or I guess I should say have. Um, I don't think it really ever goes away. Um, And disclaimer, I know we're talking about Whole32, so just never do um, a Whole30 if you have an eating disorder without, you know, proper um, medical attention. Just want to throw that out there. But um, I did um, my first Whole30 after having been sick for like three or four months and kind of had hit what I would consider rock bottom um, with my eating disorder. And Whole30 had kind of like shown its face to me multiple times. And I finally just said, okay, like, fine, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> like, I, I will do this. Um, and it, it truly changed my life. So my therapist, my primary care physician and I like kind of did a Whole30 and um, the coaching program was born and I hopped right into that. And so that's kind of what I've been doing alongside, um, I'm an addictions counselor. So I work specifically with opioid addiction. So an opioid is anything from fentanyl to like prescription pain medication to heroin. So that's kind of what my day to day life looks like. That's awesome. That's awesome. What, let me ask you this. What is your food freedom look like now? My food freedom constantly changes, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, you know, like it's been kind of a rough few months for me, like with my mental health in general. And I have noticed, like, my food freedom has changed drastically in that amount of time because I haven't really had an appetite, I haven't really wanted to eat. And like, food freedom to me was like still eating like three meals a day, and like, you know, having some like conscious deliberate decisions about what those three meals look like but when you're not hungry like that can kind of change things you know but I think food freedom for me is still just like being self-aware like to get to that food freedom place is having the self-awareness of what your body is telling you like what your hunger cues are you know are you like are you feeling sick like I think that can even be a food freedom thing so um, or just maybe it's freedom in general that I'm finally glad that I found, but, um, <laughs> I definitely think, um, food freedom is something I'm getting back to. I think, um, I was kind of like prisoner to just some like health issues the last few months that maybe took my food freedom away from me a little bit, but I'm stepping back into that for sure. Well, and I think it's giving yourself grace because there's so many different seasons of your life that you go through and the way you eat is impacted by that no matter what. Cause like you said, you weren't feeling physically hungry or, you know, I know for me, I would crave sugary stuff if I'm feeling through a high stress situation, which is normal. 
yes, that is normal. And people don't realize that (laughs) you're not crazy. I promise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, you know, mental health a little bit more since it's May and it's mental health awareness month and just what I do um, day to day in my job. I really wanted to bring you on just to kind of shed light on mental health and allow people to feel more open to talking about their own mental health struggles. So I kind of want to ask you from a counselor's perspective, why do you feel like there's so much stigma around mental health and how can we kind of help combat that? I think one of the primary reasons there's so much stigma around it is because there's a huge lack of education on it um, or just misinformation. And I see, especially on social media, because we, I feel like we kind of all have a mental health struggle in one way or another. Um, Maybe that's not fair to say, but at least the people that I follow on social media do. Um, And it just looks so different to everyone that it's hard to say that this one person who looks like they have everything, yet they say they feel anxiety or they feel depression can make someone else who feels like they don't have all of those things and have depression. Like it can just create this like dissonance of comparison with mental health too. So I feel like we're not getting our information from like the right sources when it comes to what mental health is. Um, I think social media can be a huge like platform for encouraging people to get help and talk about kind of what's going on in their life. And that's been a huge thing for me, but I don't want to be the only person that someone listens to about like mental health struggles because mine are going to look different than someone else's. So while I think I could be like a catalyst in helping someone get the help they need, um, I don't want them to compare their own struggles with mine because they may look different. Um, So I think it starts with education, like for yourself, even if you don't feel like you have a mental health problem, which mental health, we're talking like anxiety, depression, like bipolar, schizophrenia, substance use disorders, like the mental health, like, (laughs) like bubble is really big. And I think we don't always realize the like scale um, and the severity of the issues that can be there too. Yeah, for sure. Well, And like you said, it's educating yourself and looking at the source of where that's coming from and not comparing, you know, just head to Google if you need to, to be like, do I have anxiety? Do I have, you know, am am I depressed or am I just, you know, going through like a sad time in my life? But really figuring out how to get help for that is kind of the next step. And, you know, even just thinking about self-care, because I think that plays such a role in mental health. I mean, with the show, I have it in the mental health category because I think, that's for me personally, I'm like self-care is part of my mental health. So what, what kind of is your view on self-care and mental health and how those kind of coincide? Well, when I think of mental health and having like a good quality of mental health or being where I want to with my mental health, it's important because my mental health determines what I'm thinking, what I'm doing and how I'm acting how I'm performing in my relationships and my career. Mm. And so mental health is kind of like, (laughs) to me, like the driver of my life. Right. Mm. Um, And so self-care, as I mentioned, like earlier is like really what gets me to that quality of mental health. So it's like, for me, self-care is taking action and saying no, if I need to, or saying yes, if I need to, or going to bed early, like setting a routine, it's like self-care, like whatever I'm doing for self-care 
is directly, it should be directing or directly affecting my quality of mental health. Um, If it's not, then it's doing the opposite to my mental health. It's kind of like, I don't know, like maybe another way to look at it would be like there are certain foods that are making you more healthy or less healthy. I feel like it's kind of that way with self-care. Like what you're looking at as self-care might be making your mental health more healthy or <laughs> less healthy. Um, so that might be a different way to look at it too. Yeah. Well, I just recorded an episode a couple weeks ago um, about self-care abuse because I was abusing yeah. my self-care routine when I was going through like a really stressful time. And I was like, oh, I just need to work out harder. And oh, and in my food freedom, I can eat ice cream and I'm going to eat it all because I'm working out really hard. And then I was like, man, I really feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> So I can kind of see how you did that. And I also um, just released an episode about um, what is self-care versus it being just self-serving and what the difference between that is. So do you feel like, you know, like self-care can be abused in a way? And which I think it's kind of funny because when I record the episode, I'm like, the show is called Self-Care Isn't Selfish, but it shouldn't be self-serving in a way where you're um, not taking the needs of others into consideration or you're walking all over others because you're like, my self-care is more important than you. So what kind of what's kind of what's your take on that? So hard. Um, again, I think it comes back to the like boundary of it and your like motive behind it. So, you know, I feel like, yes, my, bedtime is very important to me. And I know that if I'm not like asleep or at least in bed, like relaxing by a certain point, like my next day will be affected by that. But if my sister calls me and my nephew is hurt and in the hospital, you know, like if there's some crisis going on, like you've got to like sacrifice your self-care routine for family because that's also important to you, you know? And I feel like I'm just giving that as an example because I feel like I've got so many nieces and nephews that like, <laughs> I know that's happened in my life. But um, but that's also like giving back to myself too because I would feel terrible if I didn't exactly. like go where I was needed in that moment, you know? So I feel like you just have to kind of, you have to have some wiggle room in there, but I think your motive behind what you're doing is really important too. So I think you caught yourself with, the over exercising and, you know, but now you're going to know what to look for moving forward with that. So that's kind of like in the last few months for me, you know, not being hungry and not really eating was a trigger for my eating disorder. Mm -hmm. And that is the first time in years that I have been triggered that hard. Um, and I did not know how to handle it. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know what self-care to do to make that go away you know, and it's one of those things where you don't always realize your triggers until you're like, like head first, like falling into them, you know? Um, and so I was just like, oh my gosh, like this feeling is weird. Like, what do I do? You know? And then if I, I'm like, you've got to eat, like, you can't just not eat Courtney, because if you don't eat, like that's going to trigger you to this other thing, but then I would eat and I would be sick. Mm. Right. And then that would like, trigger this other part of my eating disorder. So like, what does self-care look like when you're just like crumbling down, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of where I found myself. So I like took myself 
away from social media. I like removed myself just because I felt like I was more of like a poison on other people. Um, just because I didn't know what the heck I like what I was doing, you know, like I didn't know day from night at that point. Like I was just trying to like stay above water. Um, and I like reached out to the people that I knew would, whether or not they understood it, they would accept that I was in a hard place, you know? Um, and so that's what self-care looked like for me in that moment. So I think it's just self-care is so broad, like, and it can look so many different ways and you just have to do the work to figure out like what that like spectrum looks like for you. Hey gang, cutting in on this conversation real quick to tell you about my friends at The New Primal. I love this company not only because they make Whole30 approved sauces and meat sticks with just clean ingredients, but because of their mission of returning to the table. You know, food really does bring people together and with all of our busy lives, it's hard to sit down to a meal together with your own family and your other loved ones. But the new Primal is really focused on community and bringing people together around food. And why not do that with clean ingredients? I use their classic marinade weekly. Their mustard barbecue is the perfect dipping sauce and their ketchup as well. My kids love all their different spicy buffalo sauces as well. And like I said, their meat sticks are Whole30 approved, so I always have some in my handbag or in my glove compartment in my car if I need a quick emergency snack. So head over to thenewprimal.com and you can use the code EMILYNICHOLS22 to receive 15% off your order. So remember, go to newprimal.com and let us know how you are returning to the table and connecting with others through food and the new primal. Well, just going back to, it's the same thing with food freedom. Like you said earlier, it will look different depending on the season you're going through and old habits may creep in and you're like, Oh, I need to stop and reevaluate and do the things that I know are going to help me feel good. And maybe those things aren't making you feel as good anymore. So you need to change up the whole routine and trial and error and see how that works for you. Yep. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what can someone do, in your opinion, to help someone, a loved one that's maybe struggling with a mental health condition? And maybe what shouldn't they say? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, there's definitely yeah. <sighs> so hard. Um, and I feel like this is such um, like a sensitive subject in general. And I know that I probably come from a very specific place with it, like personally and professionally. And I do have a lot of like strong opinions on this. So I hope I don't ruffle like a lot of feathers, but um, like education is super important. So if someone in your life is telling you that they are feeling depressed or down, or you're noticing that they are like isolating themselves or that they're not wanting to participate in activities that they normally participate in, like those are like those are big cues for depression and anxiety. And I know for me growing up, I had everything. Like I had a roof over my head. I had everything I could possibly want. And I still felt those things. And it was really hard for my family and friends to understand why I felt the way that I did. And I couldn't explain it. Mm -hmm. And I remember someone telling me, just be happy. Like just choose to be happy. Like 
you're fine. And that like upset me so much because if I could just choose to like flip the switch off and be happy and not feel the way that I do, I would. (laughs) Um, And it is not that simple. Like with mental illness, like sure, there might be some circumstantial things that are making someone feel depressed or anxious. But a lot of times, the majority of the time, it's a chemical imbalance that you can't just like alter by choosing to be happy. Can you put things in front of you that promote positivity and happiness? Yes. But therapy or an antidepressant, like there are places and roles for that in this. So um, if someone's feeling down, just (laughs) don't tell them to just like be happy because it's not that simple. Um, So I think education is really important being mindful of your words um, when it comes to addiction, which is where like my heart and soul is with this. Um, You know, I think we use the term addict and addiction very freely, um, especially when we don't have a personal um, like attachment to it. So someone might say, I'm addicted to coffee, you know, and, or like I'm addicted to shopping, which really can be a thing. But like, if you're just like using it because it's something that you love, like to someone who really is like in a really hard heroin addiction where they're using like IV drugs and their family has like (laughs) disowned them, you know, and I promise that like whoever is listening, like, you know, someone, whether you know it or not, who is struggling with opioid addiction, like it is so prevalent um, or any kind of addiction. So I would say be really mindful of that because it can really like just lessen the impact of what addiction looks like to someone who's really suffering. Um, with that. Um, not to say like, I mean, there's merchandise everywhere that's like coffee addict and, you know, like sugar addict and stuff like that. And there's nothing like wrong with that per se, but I would just like think of how it might make someone who really is like elbow deep in an an addiction feel. Um, and then with eating disorders, you know, which is also in the mental health realm. Um, (laughs) I would just be mindful of, especially like if you're a parent of young children, just being really mindful of how you're talking about food and your body image and things like that with your friends and your children, anybody, honestly, Um, you know, saying you can't have the role with dinner or you're going to have to like exercise harder tomorrow or you know, I'm saving up calories for this or, you know, just like simple things like that can really like set the tone for a lot of people and they carry that with them for a very long time. So I think just like thinking about what you're speaking and how it might impact someone else would be like my number one tip with that. Um, (laughs) And just like educating yourself on why it might be harmful. Like our words really do matter. They really do. I mean, and just like you mentioned earlier, like if you notice someone that just something, they just seem off, it can really make a big difference just to check in and be like, even if it's just a text, like, Hey, are you okay? You, you, you seemed a little off lately. Yeah. I mean, people that like follow me on Instagram that I've never even met 
personally, like when I was off of stories for just a few days, like my inbox, like it was overwhelming. Like how many people that have never even like seen me in person were like, oh my gosh, like you haven't been around. Are you okay? You know? And I posted um, an Instagram story before um, you and I started recording this and I was like, hey guys, like I'm about to record a podcast and I know you haven't seen my face in a while and I hope this is like the start of like me resurfacing because Mm -hmm. you know for a long time like and I say for a long time like really since like October like I've been MIA (laughs) in this because like my self-care right now looked like figuring like my crap out on my own you know and not like influencing others with what I didn't know. I mean, I was just lost, you know, and that happens to the best of us, I think. But um, it just felt good today to like get back on there and like show my face again. And, you know, so I really hope that this is, I really feel like it will be kind of like the launch of like me getting my mental health and my self-care back in check. (laughs) That was part of, like you said earlier, setting boundaries, you know, you need to step away from serving your community and knowing that they'll still be there. They're they're still like showing up and loving on you, but you're like, for my mental health, for my self-care, I need to step away from this at the moment because it wasn't serving you at that time. No. And to know that they accepted that without maybe even understanding what was going on like that's powerful like there is a lot of power in the community for sure there's a lot of loving people out there there's like a lot (laughs) of like stupid people. <laughs> Bless their hearts. Um, but there's a lot of really loving people out there. I'm so glad they were sending. I'm not surprised they were sending you those messages because you really are a bright light. It really Seriously. meant a lot for sure. Seriously. Well, let's kind of end on one more tip for everybody. So say if you're going through a hard time and you need to talk to somebody, a professional. How yes. would you recommend someone going down that route? Because I think that maybe can seem a little intimidating. Sure. And scary. Absolutely. Um, I know it was for me. I feel like I've been in therapy more years than not. And that's something that I'm like totally okay with. Yeah. Um, but it definitely took like multiple rounds of different therapists to find one that like (laughs) I felt the most comfortable with. Um, And, you know, I'll get messages and stuff on Instagram sometimes, like when people read my bio, like while I am a counselor, like I am in a very specific role. So you do want to find something that is like specific to you. Um, So the resources that I have are like a lot of words. So if you don't like catch them all while I say them, I'm sure they'll be in <laughs> the notes somewhere yep. where you can find yep. them. But um, SAMHSA.gov is where I would start for anyone. Um, and if you're not familiar with SAMHSA, that's the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Um, and it's literally everything wrapped into one. So it's substance use disorders, it's eating disorders, it's any mental health illness. Like it's anything and they have um, like treatment locators based on your city based on what you're looking for inpatient outpatient combination of both mm-hmm. um, there's family resources on there like it is the catch-all like that is where I would send anybody um, it's credible like you're not gonna be led wrong um, with SAMHSA so that's definitely where I would start 
if you're looking for something specific to your area um, or your specific like mental health issue. Mm-hmm. Um, and then <clears throat> NAMI, which is N-A-M-I, that's the National Alliance on Mental Illness. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure like when this is airing, they're going to have a lot of new like yeah. <laughs> stuff going on. Yeah. Um, for mental health awareness, but um, they have a ton of resources as well. And like even online, um, I know sometimes it's hard to like make the phone call and that kind of thing. So starting online with them, I think there's even an app if I'm not mistaken. So um, like for your phone, so that can be helpful too. And then I always like, no matter (laughs) whether I'm like with my clients or my patients, um, if someone is just having a hard time. I always give the suicide prevention hotline number because I think for me, um, there were a lot of times when I would call my therapist or like there's very set times when you can call people, you know, like if you're in therapy, like even if you have like an after hours number or something like that. And if they wouldn't answer, I would often use that as like, okay, well, I can go eat this box of Girl Scout cookies now because they didn't answer, you know? And like, that's what like a crisis looks like for me a lot of times. Um, But with the suicide prevention hotline, they're going to answer. Like, so no matter like what you're feeling, whether you are, whether you have a plan to harm yourself or not, like whatever you're feeling, like they will answer. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's 1-800-273-TALK. And that's a very easy one to remember. So, um, there's no excuse with that one. Like call because someone will answer. <laughs> someone will answer. And I'll make sure to include links to all of those in the show notes because I think it's super important. Um, I know through my job, we use the crisis text line. They've added yes. texting as an yep. option now and it's like 24 seven awesome. support. Um, and I'll make sure to include a link to that <clears> because <throat> that's how a lot of people are communicating. Yeah. Now. It's almost scary to make a phone call to talk to somebody yeah. Um, if you can text to somebody as well, who's, you know, there to help 24 yeah. seven, that's cool too. I love that. That's awesome. Well, and I think it's really important what you said. You're like, Hey, it's almost like dating in a way. Like you go to see a therapist, you're like, eh, we're not really clicking. <laughs> so yeah. you try exactly. another one and you try another one and yeah. you know, don't just settle for like the first time going and being like, this is a horrible experience or I'm just not yeah. clicking with this person. Give it another chance. And Please do, because there. I mean, and that will help you grow too. Yeah. You know, and I know having to like share your story a million times isn't always like what everyone wants to do, but that will right. only help you become more familiar with where you've been. So there's there's even a silver lining with having to like tell your story and share your story with more than one person. <laughs> There's power in sharing your story. And like you said, you may learn a little bit more about yourself or even if you're just giving the cliff notes, if you're on your fifth or sixth therapist, here's the cliff notes (laughs) and going through it. But, you know, talking out loud or writing things down, I think is so powerful because it's a way to be super vulnerable and things come out that necessarily wouldn't come out if you were texting or typing something on your computer to somebody for sure. Totally agree. Awesome. Courtney, this has been such an important conversation and I so appreciate you taking the time. And like I said, you are such a bright light and I love following you on social media. So I'll be looking for your bright, shiny smile again soon. But where can everyone connect with you online to catch up and see what you're up to? Yeah. So on Instagram, I am coffee, carrots and curls. Um, And Facebook, I still don't have it activated. So that's one thing I deactivated and I don't know... 
when I will be back on that one. So for now, Instagram is where you can find me. <laughs> Over on the gram. I love yep. it. I love it. So I love how you're setting boundaries. I love how you found your version of self-care for right now in your life. And I so appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Courtney. You are so relatable and I so appreciate having this conversation with you. My whole purpose was to destigmatize mental health and you you are just so relatable. I think a lot of people don't realize the amount of other people who are maybe suffering from different type of mental illnesses and to see other people going through it and even publicly as well like you've so graciously done in the past it helps people not feel so alone so thank you for that let's share my three biggest takeaways today number one educate yourself this is a really really great key point for not only yourself but for others. So maybe you have a loved one that is suffering from a mental health condition and you want to learn more about it. That way you're able to understand and relate to them a little bit more. That's great. Do some research. Google, YouTube, um, turn to social media to other therapists or psychologists, for example. But also educate yourself if you feel like you're suffering from some type of mental health condition. You know, the more you know, the more you're able to educate other people as well. So that way you don't feel like, man, I'm maybe I'm weird or why do I feel this way or why do I feel like I can't breathe or my hands are so sweaty because maybe you're having um, some major anxiety about something. If you're able to learn that, oh, that's signs of an anxiety attack or I have some type of anxiety disorder, for example, that maybe makes you feel not so alone. You're like, oh, these are signs of this. You know, just when you're able to put a name to it, sometimes I think that really helps. So educate yourself, not only for you, but for others around you as well. Number two, think about your motives behind your self-care routine. Like I mentioned before, I feel like my self-care routine and my mental health were suffering in the past couple of weeks. And... My motives behind my self-care routine right now is to help me feel some sense of control, to help me feel on track and on a schedule. And when I do that, I know that helps me feel positive and not so overwhelmed. So that's the motive behind my self-care routine. However, if you're doing self-care just to check off some boxes or you think, oh, so-and-so on social media is doing this, maybe this will make me feel better, it's not going to work. You know, if you feel um, right now just super depressed, you know, very, very sad, you know, reevaluate your self-care routine and do things on there to help you feel maybe just a little bit better. And that could even be doing some hard things like reaching out for help or talking to a therapist. You know, there's some really great online resources right now and online virtual therapy sessions that you can take advantage of as well. So like I said before, really go back to your motives behind your self-care routine and tailor them to help you feel your best. Don't compare to what anyone else is doing. And lastly, I've said this a couple of times and I'm going to keep saying it. Ask for help. Ask for help. Ask for help. You are not alone. If you 
need help, you can text the word HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741-741-247 to be able to talk to someone and get some help. I'll include some links in the show notes to all the resources Courtney mentioned in our episode as well. That way you're able to educate yourself a little bit more and find out what resources are available to you locally as well. So that was that was deep. That was a lot of information. But with May being Mental Health Awareness Month, I wanted to dig into this just a little bit more because your mental health, I think, is so important. It's everything. And that's a big part of what self-care is. It is doing the things that are going to positively impact your mental health. If you need some help figuring out what self-care means to you and what type of activities you could start habitually doing every day and simply feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to take you on as a self-care coaching client and to be able to help you feel your best, fill your cup up, put your oxygen mask on first before everyone else in order to feel your best. But always feel like you can ask for help. There's a lot of really great resources out there. So Courtney, thank you again. I love you, girl. Thank you so much for this conversation. I'll include a link to connect with Courtney in the show notes. If you love today's episode, make sure to leave a rating and review and go give me a follow over on Instagram as well at emilynichols22 or at selfcareisn'tselfishpodcast so you can get a behind the scenes sneak peek of what we're doing over here at the show. (laughs) Just today, it'll be gone by the time you listen to this one. We finished e-learning today. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. There's just one more mental load off of my list, and I'm so excited. But on my stories, I just posted us dancing, and we were so excited (laughs) about it. So thank you all so much. Your mental health is a priority. And remember, self-care isn't selfish, friend. I'll see you next week. 